you shouldn't have applied for that marriage license. That was really stupid. Leaving work so early? You still don't understand about licenses, do you? You'll never learn. You never should have applied for that beautician's license, sort of like hanging on a neon sign. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. We have a door slam open by Agnes in Maddie's office. She bursts into Maddie's office and says, Miss Gas, there's a haze in the building. A haze in the building? Yes, Miss Gas. A haze leak. They think the building might blow up. Don't panic. <laughs> they all panic and run out to the lift. Oh, my gosh. Maddie comes out calm. We have received a phone call. There is a gas leak here in this building. Don't panic. Everyone freaks out. (laughs) Yes, that was funny. Now I have a comment on the clock in the office. Did you notice that the clock in the office is now a 24-hour clock and it says it's 1401? 1401, I noticed that. Has it ever been a 24-hour clock before? I know it's said like three in the afternoon or something. It's never said like 14, I thought. Oh, because remember, we, we talked in another episode, it was like, oh, the clock always says nine or 10 in the morning or nine or 10 in the morning. And I'm like, no, it was two or it's four. It, it definitely like wasn't a 24 hour clock. It's not oh, always okay. a 24 hour clock. I think it was the next yeah. meeting you here. We were talking about that. Yeah. But I know it wasn't uh, because in the States, clocks aren't normally 24 hours. I know it's more common in other countries, but yeah, yeah we don't really use that normally. So it's like, oh. I thought it was interesting. Okay. Yeah, they use the, a 24 hour clock. So it was. 201. I do know that from living in other countries. Otherwise, I'd be like, what time is 14? <laughs> no, we use it all the time. So, yeah. But I hate it. We call it military time. The military time. Was it Zulu yeah. time and all this sort of? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, Maddie realizes that Camille may still be in her office, but she doesn't answer the door. So, mm-hmm. she goes to the phone and tries to buzz her. She doesn't answer it. And she goes out to the lift and where all the workers have all congregated and David emerges from the lift with an ice cream. Now, at first I was thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe it's just Blue Moon that got the phone call. Mm. But then when you're looking at 
when people yeah. are waiting for the lift, there's other people there. So it maybe it was the whole building. Yeah, maybe she called it into like the front desk or something. Yeah. That would make sense. Yes, and David again is very cheeky here. Wilson? O'Neill? Mr. Pesto? Chin up, shoulders back. Then looks at Maddie and says Stick that chest out, soldier. Well, it's already way out. Belay that. For that matter, would you blame me? Blame me. <laughs> David. He's so good. It was funny. Oh, and he makes a little Stooges noise as the elevator opens. A little Stooges reference there. There was a, another one in the chase scene, I think, from both Sybil and Bruce. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. Lots of outfit changes in this episode from Maddie. Yes, um, I know. This might be the one that she's wearing in uh, Knowing Her, this color. So initially, Maddie thinks that he's organized this evacuation. Oh, right, yeah. So he hands his ice cream to Agnes. He goes to find Camille. So he's talking to her through the door. Yo! Camille, come on, you got to evacuate. There's gas in the building. And then Camille pipes up and says, Yes, I heard. And she's standing there really weird. I'm just like, I don't yeah, know. I don't is... know, Shauna. Explain no, it I to know. me. I agree. This is the episode of Awkward Entrances. <laughs> it People is. People are just standing places that wouldn't make sense for them to stand. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a great line when she says triathlon's that way. Yes, that's I like that. The triathlon is that way. And she says she was downstairs too. And she came back up to look for you that she was worried about him. Everybody's downstairs. Oh, I know. I was downstairs too. And I came upstairs to look for you. I was uh, worried about you. You were? Huh? Yeah. Definitely. Then Maddie walks in with the rest of the clan and says, false alarm, and mm. walks into her office past Camille, and then the camera zooms in on Camille's face. Mm. And when she says, false alarm. And she's looking at David as if in a guilty way to show yeah. him that, yeah, basically she did that. And looking at his expression, he knows that she's called this in. Yeah, it's almost like she doesn't want to be doing it either, but it's almost like it's in her nature. She's a bit of a con artist and mm. and she's leaving and I guess she felt like she needed some petty cash or something. Also, I have written here, there's a Bugs Bunny reference. I forget what the reference That's, is, though. No. Yeah, it's when he walks into the office because she calls him in the office and he says, what's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, so this is something that we've never seen in Blue Moon before. We didn't know that there was a safe behind <laughs> It's funny. We didn't know there was a men's bathroom next door which went into Maddie's office. We didn't know there was a safe. We didn't know there was a safe in Maddie's floor in her home. We didn't know that there was a closet behind Maddie's door in Rainbow either when we thought it was a bathroom, remember? Yeah, all of a sudden the bathroom turned into a closet. Um, and the other thing is we didn't know yeah. she had a fish tank. I know. We've never seen that again. Never. Never will either. That's pretty <laughs> With a green oh, interior. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so David looks really upset, worried. She gets in the safe. The safe was open, right? And so she takes everything out of there and she says, your gun, our licenses, and that there was petty cash, which is gone. The petty yeah. cash. My petty cash. $2,000. <laughs> like $2,000. $2,000. 
Who cares about I mean two thousand dollars? You know, Mrs. Graydon paid him fifty thousand for <laughs> It's gone. Gone. Two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. Oh boy, am I stupid leaving that door open. All you have is two thousand dollars in petty cash? I mean, it's just not a lot for Blue Moon. I mean it's two thousand dollars, yes. Two thousand dollars is a lot to lose. Yeah. And they're never that flush. So yes, it is. But yeah, it's just she's very dramatic about the two thousand dollars, right? Clients pay them a lot of money. We see the offers, you know. Yeah, that's right. They always offer their fee. They don't have to say what their fees are. And again, in My Fair David, when the company was newer and all of that, she was gonna pay him five thousand dollars, right? To act like a mature adult for a week? $3,000. $3,000. We've already had this discussion, Shauna. We we just had it last week. I know. So $1,200 she was balking at. $3,000 nothing to see him act like a mature adult. Now she's crying over $2,000. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not like Makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah. All the the amounts. And then Mrs. Graydon paid him $50,000. And what did Tupperman pay him? Tupperman was going to pay him? $25,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just crazy. I know. It's really funny. funny. So anyway, Maddie walks in, calls him in because the frame is crooked on the wall. Yes. So she opens the safe and says that she forgot to lock the office when they evacuated. And she mentions that, oh, you know how many times I opened this safe with people in the office? So she's maybe thinking she possibly is accusing the workers because she's thinking, well, they might know the combo. Mm -hmm. But anyway. So the blood rushes from David's face. Some great acting here from Bruce for the rest of this scene where he's like, oh, my God, what have I done? I've brought this woman in here and she's robbed us. She's not working. She's not bringing any cases in for Blue Moon. (laughs) God, I know. So he's thinking. He's thinking 100 miles an hour now. He's thinking, what do I do? How do I respond to this? Mm. And then he owns up to it. Yeah, he takes the blame and lies badly even Maddie knows it's not true and Maddie knows he would never do that you know I took it David I wonder who I did it what yeah I took it I thought I put that picture back exactly the same way too I counted on putting the money back before you found out about it but Maddie doesn't believe that Mm -mm. and Camille walks in and says good for you yes and Camille doesn't want, they've been too good to Camille. She doesn't want David to take the blame and Mm. she doesn't want to come in between their relationship and all of that. Yes. So I think she just did it to prove a point. I don't think she really really wanted to rob them. She was just saying, this is who I am. I don't know why I'm here. Why did you call me in here? Why am I employed by you? I mean, I'm a con woman. What am I doing here? (laughs) She's Mm -hmm. confused. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Come on. Don't look so surprised. Don't look so surprised. You've been gnashing your teeth ever since I got here, lady. I just didn't want to make a liar out of you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yep. She kind of owns up to everything. So Maddie wants to know why, but Camille doesn't want to go into it. Nothing would give me less pleasure. But this part here, I think Whoopi does really well. She really brings the point home when she says, What I can't figure out is which one of you is the bigger fool? You for getting me to work here, or you for letting me work here. I'm no hero. I'm damn sure not a detective. Who I am and what I do is take people for a ride. And you two have been rode. Love that. 
Love that monologue from her. Yeah, it's good. They've been road. Really serious. Yeah. And you know why? Because she's back to who she really is again. Yeah, that's right. Now we're seeing the true Camille. Like we said, she's been kind of a chameleon. Yeah. 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 You know, but now we're really seeing the true person. Even like how she's dressed, you can tell that's her. Yeah. We're back to Camille now. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) So it basically sums up the whole episode, what she just said. Yeah. And um, she walks off, turns her back and walks off again and closes the door. And we cut to David's office. Now, again, I'm waiting for a headline, a card or whatever, a title, you know, a chapter, a new chapter. Nope, still not. We're still under, can I see you in my office again? Right? Yeah. That, that was the last one. Yeah. So again, I think they're missing some title cards here. David is, you know, a nice little shot of Bruce um, sitting beside profile, deep in thought, you know, really kind of kicking himself for, yeah, he's so disappointed, right? That that didn't work out, that his big idea kind of failed and even put them a little bit in jeopardy of being open to like a con. Yeah, he's really sad. He was on a high for the whole thing, knowing that it'll work. And now he's just been deflated. Yeah. Um, I put here plenty of time to light this scene. (laughs) Really well lit. His desk mat is blue. And the ambers of the wood and the, yeah, the lighting mm. across their faces. And yeah. yes, it's very well lit, this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maddie makes an excuse that, oh, could you accompany me to the parking garage? I know. And it's really interesting here that I don't know whether she's ever said this. You know, she says, oh. Are you mad at me? Yeah, because he's avoiding eye contact and not talking to her and all that stuff. It's kind of put an awkwardness in their relationship because mm. he felt like he didn't do the right thing, I guess. But it shows how really upset he is because this is a week later. Mm. It's not the yeah, next yeah. day. She's been gone almost a week and you still won't look at me when we talk. You avoid me. You. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me. Yep. Um, he thought he was a better judge of character. But, of course, Maddie takes the blame too because she says, I'm the one who hired her. So <laughs> we share the blame, really. I thought I was a better judge of character. Hey, it wasn't just you. I own this place and I let you hire. You sure we're rogue, aren't we? Yeah, it was both of them. She backed him up on it. Like we said, she wanted to do it. She just didn't think that Camille would want to come there and stuff like that. Like she wasn't Mm. thinking like, oh, this is a bad idea, you know? And the moonlighting theme is playing softly in the background in a little sad moment. I like that. Yeah, it's actually a nice little scene. And she says, see ya, and he doesn't say anything. And she walks out. Yep. Are they in it together? (laughs) I say no. We never see them together. We never actually see a, a wide shot of them together there. No, there's a shot from behind the body double at one stage. Yeah. And he kind of walks out, you know, kind of like an upbeat kind of walk to the door. And she opens the door and here we go again. We've got Judd standing there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love the lighting in this because he's just in complete darkness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like real shadows. and Yeah, well, it's funny because yeah. throughout the episode, he's getting darker and darker and darker. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the lighting on him. So things are getting serious, girlfriend. I know. Everything's catching up. So he asked for Camille. I believe that's her office that you're standing in. I'm looking for her. Gone. Gone? Gone? Gonest. Gone where? Gonest. (laughs) Gone where? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just cut back and forth with not in the same, like Bruce isn't there. I think eventually you see the three of them, but uh, it's uh, Sybil and Judd in one shot and Bruce in the door in another. 
He even walks into the bathroom to check to see if they're hiding her in there. You two wouldn't be keeping her from me, would you? <laughs> um, then he wanders off and says, I'll find her myself. So Maddie has a realisation and says to David, Maybe you're not such a bad judge of character after all. End scene. And I like the one shot that we get of Maddie and David standing together in his doorway. Very cute. Yeah. And you know who he's reminding me of a little bit in this is that Richard Belzer character in Twas. Kind of walking around, you know, kind of. Remember, um, yes. where's the little guy bunk? <laughs> you love that word, don't you? <laughs> I love that. I love the, the Bambine doesn't live here. The Bambine. The little guy bunk. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. The Richard Belzer character just visited people trying to find Mary and yeah. the baby. and It's kind of that same thing, just showing up, yeah. you know. Showing up um, wherever, you know. Flipping lines and, yeah, it's, he's very much like that. Pretty funny. So funny. So, Chapter 8, the big finale. Gosh. This is where I've put in brackets in the title. Wow, do the lines get blurred on this one? Oh, God, am, yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so confused. Who's who in this section of the episode? Oh God, I know, I know. Really bleeds together, you know. Oh, my God, I can't deal. It's really like, funny. hang on, is that Sybil or is that Maddie? <laughs> yeah. And then and Agnes. It, oh, I don't even know. Is this reality? Is this, yeah, yeah, because everything is blood together, yeah. The big finale. <laughs> How fitting since it's our last. I was just thinking I'm kind of getting giddy and amazed that this is our last recording of season two. Yeah. How did we get well, to this point so quickly? I know. I just, it's just amazing. It's been a great ride. And we've, <laughs> um, yeah, there's, I think we've both created a great body of work so far. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a little over a year. We've already done the first season, which is a short season. Mm -hmm. The full season two, over 20,000 downloads, listeners from all over the world had already many big names on the podcast as guests. Yeah. And more to come. And more to come. Just the beginning. Very <laughs> Just exciting. the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So the big finale, which, yes, fitting for our podcast today as well. Yes. So the funny thing is, as it starts, Camille has yet another license. <laughs> <laughs> she's a hairdresser now <laughs> and this is her way to kind of go legit you know she's gotten a real profession <laughs> this is one of the reasons I love doing this podcast because of you know how deep we go in the episodes before we did this I never caught on I never got that like you don't get about licenses do you I didn't get the whole licenses theme did oh, you? right. Yeah. And I've oh, watched yeah. it like plenty of times. I've, I've never like, I never caught on to like every time she got a new license, that's when you caught up with her kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. You know, I know why, Shauna, because you're only interested in Maddie and David. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. I barely paid attention to the whole Camille storyline before. Yeah, you know that's me. right. You would have just been going through the motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving it right along. Let's bring on Maddie and David. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Camille, <laughs> for your contribution in filling time. <laughs> not that we don't love Whoopi and Judd I know I do love Whoopi they've both done a great job on this episode yeah it's fun to have them on you know it really is at the time Judd was um, on a high because he had just completed the Breakfast Club St Elmo's Fire which there's 
six degrees of Bruce Willis there. Oh, my gosh, totally. <laughs> you could have met Demi a lot earlier. Yeah, and I found another six degrees of Bruce Willis too, but I'll get to that. Yeah, so Sinelmo's Fire, and he was a voice of Rodimus Prime on the Transformers, the movie, in 86 as well. In 1991, he did New Jack City. But a lot of people would remember him as Jack Richmond in Suddenly Susan because he did 71 episodes of that from 96 Mm. to 99. And he's still working. So the last thing he did was save Christmas. He's still around doing stuff. You know, I saw a quote from him today. I thought I left it up there. Maybe I didn't. About him, he said, yeah, and I did an episode of Moon Landing at the time because I was a friend of Whoopi. And it was just a short little quote that he said about it. Glenn had said that as well, that Whoopi asked if she could have a role in the show and said, Mm -hmm. and can I bring my friend Judd? (laughs) And so that's how they ended up coming on the show. So Glenn wrote parts for them because they thought that was a great idea. Of course it was. Yeah. And he came up with a good story for them too. Yeah. Really fun and cool. And they could work together, kind of be cat and mouse. I found the quote from Judd Nelson. He said, I did a moon landing episode because I was friends with Whippy Goldberg who guest starred in the same episode and she asked me to do it and I did. But yeah, that was my first regular on a series and it's because I'd met Brooke Shields a number of years earlier at a charity event. Okay, so that's how we got to do Suddenly Susan because he got to meet her. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yes. Let's see, what are some of my favorites? Definitely Breakfast Club. I love him in The Breakfast Club. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh, really? That was a real childhood favorite of mine. Mm. Watched that a lot. Um, yeah, that Rat Pack, you know, grew up on that. Oh, the other Six Degrees of Bruce Willis I found. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really. It's Six Degrees of Moonlighting. It's not actually Six Degrees of Bruce Willis. Jerry Gibson, who played the minister, yeah, he was known for Moonlighting, Tales of the Gold Monkey, and Beneath Loch Ness and Voyages. And another actor from Moonlighting that was in Tales of the Gold Monkey with him was John Calvin. And if you remember who John Calvin was, he was Charles Wright in Portrait of Maddie. He died twice. Remember him? Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) That actor. Yeah. So two actors on Moonlighting. Oh, and the other six degrees I found was Michael Francis Clark, who's the senator the one that nearly got shot. Oh, yeah. Um, he was in Die Hard 2 mm. as the pilot of the Northeast plane. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, he looks familiar. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's been in a bunch of stuff, but that's funny. Okay. Was, There's another six degrees of Bruce Willis. Yeah, and he was in Sanctioned, and he was also in West Wing, which I he was a congressman in West Wing as well. That's where I recognise. And also he was... <laughs> He was in another Glenn project called Clean and Sober. Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton. In 1988, he was a board executive. So that's okay. Michael Francis Clark. Excellent. Thank you for supporting us, Moonlighting fans. We hope you are enjoying our episodes. And if you feel so inclined, Shauna and I would be very appreciative if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that we know we're on track with our content and continue to provide you with a great experience. Camille has decided to go straight and get a real profession or a clean profession or whatever however you want to say it. So now she's a beautician. She's got her beautician license and therefore he will soon be catching up to her. And that poor lady is complaining about her hair and she's had bad dreams. Now that lady, 
she's mm-hmm. super recognizable and famous. And yet she was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I remember her from that. And yep. she was like a character actor that was in so many things in the 80s. I mean, I'm almost surprised she didn't have a bigger role because she's so recognizable. You know, I'm surprised she didn't have a bigger role in Moonlighting, actually, because, yeah, she's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, her, her face is very recognisable. I guess she's one of those actors, terrible thing to say, but, you know, those actors that you see them all the time, but you have no idea what their name is. But oh, um, I know. Her yeah. name is Edie McClurg, and she was known for Planes, Trains and Automobiles in 1987, Carrie in 1976. Mm-hmm. She was a voice of Mary and Wreck-It Ralph in 2012. But, yeah, she was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off in yeah. 1986, and her name was Grace. Ah, she has the best part in that. <laughs> she was so great. Fun. She's the yeah secretary. The secretary to, the to that terrible amazing. principal. Yes, exactly. So, yes, Judd pops in again out of nowhere. Beautician <laughs> license. Camille's gone legit. Apparently. Yeah, they're going back and forth like they do, and Maddie and David interrupt. Hey, take your hands off her. What are you two doing here? I'm here for a manicure. She's here for a woman cure. And <laughs> she's here for a, a woman cure. A woman cure. <laughs> David. <laughs> but did you notice how Whoopi was looking at that lady's hair and mm-hmm. she makes a terrible face when she sees what's in her hair? <laughs> no, did I didn't see, see that? that. No. It's not that oh, noticeable funny. because she's got her hat on, but she <laughs> makes this look as if she's seen light in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I like Whoopi's hair. That's very today. That long braid. Yes. Is very. um... It looks cute. She's a woman of many faces and styles and hairstyles in this episode. It's great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she really like changes her look a lot. I love it when she says, Okay, kitties, all ashore. That's going ashore. (laughs) I don't think she's really into being a beautician. She's just trying to find the more legit job for herself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she would be a good asset to that place if she kept her nose clean. She made the client laugh because the client was upset beforehand. and But right. then Judd turns up and swivels her chair around. and Long time no see. You'll never learn. You never should have applied for that beautician's license, sort of like hanging on a neon sign. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants his money and she says she's gone legit and he goes to cuff her and then, of course... David and Maddie walk in. Hey, take your hands off her. Yeah. They kind of um, pop in out of nowhere too. Everyone's always popping in out of nowhere in this uh, <laughs> in this episode. No, there's no phone call beforehand to say, I'm coming over. You know? Yeah. It's polite. Tip off. And Sybil has her shoes on here. Yeah, she does here. And Judd pulls out a gun. <laughs> and David pulls out a hairdryer. <laughs> Wouldn't have to know the chief's number, would you? everything gets very playful and silly here yes we've entered another dimension like you said yes um everything is bleeding reality bruce sybil maddie david the world the world of you know the real world is all bleeding together it's so blurred it's all over the place it's a dog's breakfast (laughs) it's great (laughs) i love it and i love the um the women you know okay like so moonlighting right the women are underneath their hair dryers they can see all this action going on. Someone's got a gun and all that. Did you, did say, you say something? something? <laughs> yeah. Did you say something? It's like, no, no, no. But they can see what's going on. But, you know, 
because that's the typical thing when everyone used to sit on, under those air dryers, you couldn't hear anything. So mm. you were like, did you say something? Yeah, no. It's just like an old screwball comedy thing, you know, like yeah. well, moonlighting is one great big screwball comedy, you know. Yeah. So and sometimes good. it really turns into one and here we go. Here know? we go. Very farcical, very, yeah, nothing really has to make sense. and Very yeah. start the chase music. <laughs> yep. Whippy stomps on Judd's foot. She had to do the Maddie move. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Swap yeah. rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then spins the chair, which knocks him down. She goes running. And then they run after her. But, okay, I guess what I kind of realized this time as well, I always thought that, like, Whoopi was running and then they were running. Like, I thought they were running after her and then Judd's running after them, but kind of like in um, Lady in the Iron Mask. But it's not like that. It's like Camille and Maddie and David are all running away from Judd. Yeah, because they got their head stuck because he fell over, had to get his gun. Yeah. So he's chasing them, yeah. It's not like they're going after Camille is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. They're following her so they can protect her and get away from him. Like she's holding open the door when they finally catch up. You know what's funny? I don't know if you notice or not. I'm sure you do. It's Sybil now. You know what I mean? As soon as they go out the door, she's got her shoes on. She's got her runners on. But even how she's acting. So when she acts as Maddie, she does act different. How she like holds her body is different, you know? So it's like as soon as they run out of that door and they're like behind the scenes, I could just tell it's like Sybil. It's yeah, more Sybil than that. Yeah, and there's a specific moment later when we get to it, that's where she's Sybil as well. So I'll Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Bruce and David, there's a thin line between the two of them anyway. Yeah, that's true. I like it earlier when Maddie tells them that they followed him because they knew he was going after Camille. Mm-hmm. And Judd says, you're interfering with police business. And David goes, police? (laughs) You're police? Really? You're so crooked, you're round. (laughs) I know. You're so crooked, you're round. Yeah, I know. That's funny. I I love that. But it's so funny. Through all of this, he's still holding that bloody hairdryer. Yeah, I know. It's funny. So when they run out, now we've totally smashed, not broken the fourth wall. We've smashed the fourth wall because now we are truly seeing behind the scenes Mm. dismantled sets and all behind the scenes here of moonlighting and now when they run out of here they're not in their normal they're not in studio 20 they're in a a neighboring studio you know so probably not one they use all the time first of all i'm looking at the people i think we might be able to see jerry fenneman back there sitting i've written that here too i think that's jerry i think jerry's yeah sitting with the paper in the back yep there's like two guys and there's someone holding a boom mic and then when they run down the stairs there's a, a guy saying, hey, hey, where are you going? We still got two more pages to shoot on this set. Come back here. Nobody yell. Okay, I like that. But are you trying to see, I'm trying to see like things that I recognize from Moonlighting, the sets that are sitting back there. And mostly what I see are makeup, mirror, table things, some lights, but like the sets, I Nothing I recognize from Moonlighting, you know what I mean? Where, where though? When We're at the salon. Okay, so uh, it's stage 14 that they're actually in, that they run out of anyway. Yeah. So when they're at the salon, when they run outside and we see the boom mic operator and we see all the people, we're, we're behind the scenes now. I'm looking for like, oh, there's, I don't know, just stuff from Moonlighting. I pause it and I look. Now, on stage 14, that might not be a lot of Moonlighting, but when they get over to stage 20... We should be able to see more stuff from Moonlighting, but I just don't recognize a lot of stuff that we see back there, you know? 
I just wish we could recognize more. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't think there's much outside the set. What do you want to see? Like, I like- want to see. I want to know. Oh, I want to um, know. I'm just seeing like lighting and stuff like that. I want to see um, Maddie's dresses hanging up. I want to see. Um, <laughs> I don't know oh, a set okay. from like a set from Maddie's house in the background. I don't know. That's on a different stage too, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to see the things that we recognize. I want to see some like props that have been used in other shows or something mm. like that. Like when we get to stage 20, we can look a little closer, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I went in a little bit deeper with the plan because I looked up the Fox studio lots map. Okay. Where all the studios are. So yeah. stage 14 is actually on the front of Pico Boulevard. So that's where stage 14 okay, is, right at the, the front. Stage 20 is like two-thirds of the way down okay. towards the back. And stage 10 is All just right. behind stage 14, 10 and 11. So when they're driving along, you know how they're just driving straight, 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 which is true because when you look at the map, yeah. they've driven all the way from stage 14 up to stage 20 and then they turn a corner and then go into stage 20. Because they turn the corner and you can see stage nine in the background when they arrive at Blue Moon, when they meet Agnes, Yeah, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, hmm, I'm going to check that because I'm thinking, is stage 20 opposite stage nine? And it is right. on a diagonal. So they're exactly where they say they are. Okay. All right. I'm showing you the map, Shauna. Nobody can oh, see yeah. it. See? I like it. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Good detective work, Grace. Maybe Maddie and David should have asked me to work for them. Oh, well, you too, Shauna. You're good at investigating stuff too. Yeah, we could have been wobblies. We could have been wobblies. We could have been wobblies. Talking wobblies, please. Yes, talking roles only. A special assistant to David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what assistant you want to be. <laughs> I think Maddie's house is on stage nine or ten, if I remember correctly from what Jay talked about in Atomic Shakespeare commentary. Yes. Except that little bathroom scene that was on stage 11, I think he said. He All said right. Maddie's house was stage 11? No, I remember him saying stage 11 was that bathroom scene. The scene goes for like three seconds, like for God's sake. And Big Man? Yeah, Big Man. When she follows him to New York, she's sitting there yeah. contemplating and then she goes to bed and rings the airline. Oh, right. When she that wakes little, up. Yeah, she has some champagne in the bath. That's stage 11. I think that's stage 11. Yeah. Okay. All right. But her house, I think, is 10, isn't it? I think so. I think I, I'm remembering 10, but we'd have to check it. Yeah. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so gosh, when they run out of stage 14, the thing that I really noticed, Sybil's such a good runner. 
<laughs> in her dress too. Oh my gosh, she was like jamming. Like they're all good runners, actually. But I like she's so athletic. I mean, I know she's athletic, but we don't, you know, see that mm-hmm. in Maddie or whatever. You know what I mean? But oh my gosh, Sybil's such a good runner. She's like they all run so fast and like jump on that cart and they're out of there. Yeah, and she does this big side jump to get into the the side. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. she hops over something and then a side jump and kind of holds on and yeah, Whoopi's on the back and Bruce hops in. Oh my gosh, if yeah, if you rewind and watch, like Sybil is a great runner. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Very athletic. Yeah, and you're right. Yes, there's a little side jump and everything like that and and they're off, you know. Can I just and, go back for a minute? Okay. I like it when Judd tries to leave with Camille and Maddie tries to get him to put the gun down and to think of his wife and kids. <laughs> And he says he's gay and he doesn't have any wife and kids. And David says, Come on, you're making it worse for yourself every minute. If you won't think of Camille, at least think of your wife and kids. I'm gay. I don't have any wife and kids. All right, then think of next month. All the new fall clothes will be out. (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he cares about fashion. And also, I noticed there was an extra behind Mm -hmm. those ladies under the hairdryers. Uh-huh. And she's doing some great overacting in the background. Really? Um, yeah, she's wearing a green suit and she's sneakily trying to get out because he's got a gun. Sorry, listeners, you can't see my movements right now, but I'm trying to show Shauna how this lady's moving. Uh, uh-huh. So funny to watch her. Mm, how funny. Yeah, so they hop on the cart and off they go. And the cart happens to belong to the camera department. Camera department, is that what it said on there? Mm, yeah. It says the camera department or something. Okay. As they're exiting stage 14, though, the music is Hooray for Hollywood from the 1937 movie Hollywood Hotel. Mm. Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I wrote here just for you, Shauna, that Bruce is driving. Bruce is driving, yes. (laughs) Because that's only ever something you notice. I know, I know. Yes, I do. And Judd runs out with the gun looking very... Yeah, but he's running sideways. He's so funny. Yeah, What's that sideways, about? Kind of crouched over and hunched over. And yeah, he looks very kind of like gremlin-y, like, I'm going to get you. you know? Yeah, it's as if anybody else has got a gun that's going to be attacking him. Like, he's walking around with his gun. Oh, I know. <laughs> and they're on a cart and he's running. So this is when the fun really starts where they are speeding along and they run into, it's not really a circus. I thought it was a circus at first, but it's people in all different costumes. One's in the cowboy, one's. Yeah, there's Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers. One woman is dressed like a barmaid or something Mm. and Billy Barney in his costume. (laughs) Good old Billy. So this is kind of funny because he says, um, she goes, oh, Billy Barney, right? Isn't it Barty? Billy Barty? Billy Barty, sorry. Yeah. Aren't you Billy Barty? He says, yeah, and aren't you? And then Bruce says, oh, go flirt with someone your own size or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor little guy. But I've, <laughs> I've watched it in slow motion. There's an aerial shot yes. looking down of him getting run over. Yeah. And it's really good. You can't tell. Looks like it's them. It is their doubles, I think, though. Yeah, probably is their doubles, but. You wouldn't know. It looks great. It's a great shot. Yeah. No, it's good. The overhead. So when he, when Billy Barty says, yeah, and aren't, hey, and aren't you, what's he going to say? Civil Shepherd? 
I mean, Maddie Hayes would be recognizable too. I think he's, he's going to say, aren't you Sybil Shepherd? Yeah, aren't you Sybil? Yeah, because that's why Bruce stops him. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But go and ask the question. Yes, um, that's right. Then they so, run into a clothes rack and miraculously, yeah. all of a sudden, they've got new clothes. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So Bruce is Annie, like little orphan Annie, as far as I can tell. Sybil is Charlie Chaplin. Yep. <laughs> and Whoopi was like a dancer maybe or something like that. She kind of had like a headpiece on. <laughs> yeah, I reckon she looked a little bit like Carmen Miranda, except without the fruit on her head. It's a similar type of hat, except without the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the Fox lot is one I have not um, been able to tour, unfortunately. It's not open to the public like a lot of other ones are, you know? Yeah. Judd runs up and there's someone on a horse, like a cowboy on a horse. Are you a good guy or a bad guy? So they head off to the music of the Magnificent Seven, the 1960 movie. That was the music theme for that. Classic. Nice. And then we see them, yes, coming around the corner. We've got nine in the background, Studio Nine, like you were saying. Because, yeah, at that point when they parked where Agnes is coming out, we can't exactly see Studio 20. So that's why you were checking to make sure that they were really in, at Studio That's 20, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I had to turn this map yeah. upside down yeah. to work out. See where I've got that arrow? Yes. Okay. See how we, that's where they turn around and get into okay. to Studio 20. But because it's mm. from Studio 20, you can't see where they are. But I yeah. had to check that to make sure they were parking at the right place. <laughs> I know. No, that's good. And then the other thing I wonder in their acceptance speeches when they win awards and stuff like that and other places they talk about the people in the blue building, all the workers in the blue building, everyone over there in the blue building. I'm wondering where that is, if that's like right across the, we can see it here, I'm wondering. Okay, um, there's a Crafts building, there's a WM Fox building, there's a Fox Network Center, there's a new executive building, there's a child development center, there's a commissary studio store, there's a Daryl Zanuck Theater. No. I don't know. Well, things could have been different back in that day, too. I'm also looking, um, pausing it, you know, where Agnes comes out. She's driving, I think, a Volkswagen, a convertible Volkswagen. Jetty? Jedi? Jetty? Something like that? Looks like it, anyway. Okay, yeah. And you know what? That little car suits her. That really suits her, that car. I know. Uh, Bruce's car suits him, but Sybil's car doesn't suit her. Nah, nah. That's not a Sybil car. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I hope I'm not upsetting Sybil. I hope it wasn't really her car, but. No, (laughs) that is their cards in the end. It is? Yeah, those are Sybil and Bruce's cars. That's why it's like. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. Those were their actual cars. That's why it's all mixed up, you know, because it's like then Maddie and David get in Sybil and Bruce's cars and they're leaving for the summer (laughs) off the studio. Like that's like the whole mind screw. Oh, my God. It just does my head in. I can't, I can't get my head around. It's crazy. It's like, hang on. I agree. Mm-hmm. I know. What sort of car is that that she was driving? I was, also, I was wondering if it was a Cadillac, but I'm not sure. Someone, someone else tell us. Yeah. So anyway, they pull up at Studio 20. They all hop up the cart. Agnes is leaving. They're like, Agnes, where are you going? Oh, I'm choosing the day. No, you're not. You're So they grab her yeah. out of the car. So this is okay. where the blurred lines I can't deal with because I don't know. Is it Elise or is it Agnes? Because Agnes doesn't have a car, as far as we know. <laughs> that's what you were saying, yeah. So it's Elise. It's got to be Elise's real car. Yeah, that's what I reckon. 
She looks so cute in that car. It's the best, the best choice for her. It does suit her. And then I love how Sybil goes and like actually grabs her arm and, and like takes her out of the car and like runs. And around. I really like how they're running hand in hand, Maddie and Agnes, yes. in, into the studio. Yeah, it's very cute. So this is where I'm talking about. Okay, so Bruce, uh, Whoopi, Agnes, and Sybil—they're all running, and we're inside the studio and we're looking out, and they're all running into the studio. That's where I'm saying, like, all I'm seeing is ladders and lights and cords. That's all you see. Makeup things and lots and lots and lots of lights. You know what I mean? I just want something a little bit more recognizable. I want to see like, I don't know what yeah. I want to see. but I want- Maddie's clothes rack or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, so yeah. I want see, to they see would have something. had a trailer just for that. I know. I'm sure there was. Yeah. yeah. I don't even see Sybil and Bruce's trailers out there. You know, I wonder how far away those were from the set. Well, you wouldn't think they would be too far away. No. So then they run in and they run into down the Blue Moon hallway and into. And they're still running from Judd. So they're mm-hmm. running in. They slam the door. Yeah. As they're running in, it's hilarious because the window wobbles really bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's As they're so ugly. The, the door frame. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And they slam the door and they're like, ah, oh, we made it. And then, of course, Judd is right behind them again, pops up right behind them again, Grace. <laughs> How did he get there so fast? Obviously, the horse was quicker than the car. That's right. And, he, yep, he's already in there. Well, I guess that's that. You think so? <laughs> How about this scenario? I shoot the four of you, and I wipe my prince off the gun, and I put the gun in Camille's dead hand. And they all respond. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I was trying to. Uh, you can only really hear Bruce. No, no, no. I don't think that's going to work because now they're like working out the plot. Now they kind of cross over where like, no, I don't think that'll quite work because you know, and they all have an idea about it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when it's like take the prop. And yeah, the whole, like I said, smash the fourth wall, dismantling the set. And my gosh, what a cool ending. And now, (laughs) and the little guy comes along and takes the gun out of his hand. And now. Hey, what are you doing? Sorry, babe. We're on a very tight schedule here. Prop's got to go back in the prop room. And I thought that might have been somebody from backstage but it's an actor oh is that an actor i was wondering yeah. see this is what i was wondering yeah he all looks... these actors or some of these the real guys it must be some of the real guys just dismantling the set right well the guy that tries to stop them leaving the hairdressing salon he's an actor as well the stage manager mm, okay but this guy the prop man his name's lawrence trimble and okay. he's known for yes. superman in 1978 Paul Temple in 71, Space 1999, the TV series in 1975, and Moonlighting. He only did about 11 things, and the other things I don't really recognise. But, oh, yeah, he did three episodes of Days of Our Lives. But, yeah, he was, the prop man was an actor. So Okay, that's interesting. These are the questions I have, Grace. This is what we're here for. And the stage manager was J.P. Bumstead, and he's known for Private Benjamin in 1980. He was an induction officer. Mm-hmm. 1985, he did Gotcha. 1986, he was a technician in Ruthless People. And in 2008, he was the cook in Changeling with um, Angelina Jolie. Oh, wow. So he's been in other TV shows like Home Improvement, Picket Fences. Oh, he was in Perfect Strangers. You were talking about that during the week. Yeah, Perfect Strangers. You found that new snippet. Yep. And guess what? He was in Remington Steel, Shauna. Remington Steel, okay. Yeah, so that's the stage manager. 
Good to know that those are actors, yeah. Come join our Facebook community at Fans of Moonlighting the Podcast and our Instagram community at Moonlighting the Podcast. I'm assuming that, I don't know, but assuming some of these people are the real cast and crew. Yeah, I think when they're running out of the salon, I think they're crew. Um, Okay. But what about the guys that are sitting outside stage 14 playing a card game? Yeah, I think those might be propped, like the actors. But what about the people who are dismantling Blue Moon is what I'm wondering here in this scene. Yeah, I'd say they're crew. Why wouldn't you get the crew to do that? Because that's something they do every day anyway. So why would you use an actor for that? Yeah. So the cool thing is, I mean, it's just amazing, really. You just see how fast they come in and, like, move things around and, like, tear that set apart. (laughs) And then, you know, what they piece it all back together. And they probably must just do this all the time. Like you were saying, the window moves and... Swivels. Yeah, swivels. So it goes diagonal. It's really cool to see them pull back the city skyline. They roll that away. Yeah. And you see out there, it's a lot of open space inside the studio and everything. So that's kind of cool to see. They take all of the plants and all that stuff. I love how someone comes up behind Bruce and takes his jacket off, like props, yes. wardrobe, and then they start taking off Sybil's jewelry. And yeah, everything is just like dismantling like that. It's cool. It's really cool to see them do that. I don't know. You know, you're just getting a whole different view of the scenery. So that's something they would do at the end of each season because I know they rented that space. So I'm assuming that space would be used for other projects. Mm. Yep. They take down the umbrella art, you know, that's in the main lobby. Yes. Yeah. I want that. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know where that is. I want to know. I want to know. Where is all this stuff? Was it destroyed or do they have it somewhere? But you know what else I noticed? That little props guy, it's similar to the voice that says, sorry, Sybil, sorry, Bruce, too short. Don't you reckon? Because he's got that little sort of a scrawny voice. Yeah. I only heard it for a second, but yeah. But I doubt it's him. No, I know. But that's the sort of voice um, that it was. Yes. Sorry, Sybil. Sorry, Bruce. Too short. Sorry, babe. We're on a very tight schedule here. Props got to go back in the prop room. Oh, very confused. Like, what's going on? This has all gone crazy. We're not, we haven't even finished. We don't have an, even have an ending. And Bruce is like, all right, all right, all right. Maddie and I have done a ton of these. And then they're just like, you've seen the light, you know? And they just yeah. like finish it off for them. David saves the day and explains that Judd goes to prison. You get your law degree. You write an incredible jailhouse novel. They make a movie about it. De Niro drops a lot of weight. He plays you. <laughs> Then hugs all around, and then someone yells out. They all hug each other and they leave. But poor Camille has a very sad look on her face when she leaves, when Judd walks off with her with his arm around her. Well, Whoopi and Judd just look like they're nuts. (laughs) They're looking at them like like side-eye. What sort of operation is this? Yeah, very strange operation, exactly. So they're out of there. And how cute is the little Agnes and David and Maddie all standing together? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, like a little family. Yeah. (laughs) So cute. Thanks for coming by. Bye. 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 That's just the three of them left at Blue Moon. And Maddie says, guess we won't see you until next fall. I know. And her voice is super sweet. Um, Now, (laughs) T. Oh, God. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Like, next week. (laughs) Almost correct. Like, ah! Like, do you notice that when Sybil hugs everybody, she wraps her arm around all the way to where she's like grabbing their neck, like grabbing the other side of their shoulder by their neck? Really? 
It would be like tickling me, like, ah, she's grabbing my, yeah, she hugs everybody. Like usually people hug and like, you know, pat behind your shoulder. Yes. She wraps her hand all the way up like this. Well, if you're going to do something, Shauna, you do it well. <laughs> it is a very like warm hug. I will say yes, she like yes. really, really embraces. Yeah. That's a Sybil thing. It's not a Maddie thing. That is a Sybil thing. She's very Sybil here. And it's probably what you were going to say, but like when they walk through Blue Moon window and stuff and he goes through the door and she goes through the window. Yeah. That laugh. Yes. 100% Sybil. 100% Sybil. That's what I was going to say earlier. As soon as she laughed, I thought, no, Maddie's gone. She's out the window. She's gone. (laughs) Yes. Because she's kind of hanging in there half and half. She's half Maddie, half. Yeah. But yes, slowly, slowly turning to very much Sybil. And also when they say goodbye to Agnes, she goes out the wrong way, which is okay because of the type of ending we have. She doesn't have to go to the lift. (laughs) Yeah. And Sybil hugs her twice, which is Yes. And then Agnes gives her a little tiny wave. Like, I know. She's so cute. She walks out the other way, but that's okay because it's dismantled. That's fine. Yep. And then what do Maddie and David do? What do Sybil and Bruce do? Something we mentioned last week for Funeral for a Doornail, that little showman thing. They do that exact same thing. And Funeral for a Doornail, after they do that synchronized thing, and then she goes, Agnes, I can't find him. Oh, and then they go back into his office and she puts her hand out like gestures after you and he does that that showboaty thing, yeah, like yeah. lifting up his knee. They do the exact same thing here, except Bruce does the like after you and Sybil does the little showboaty thing. So they did the opposite. <laughs> and that's like a, another so thing that I noticed where I think it's funny things they do with each other on the set that bleed in to the show because they do it now two episodes in a row. If you watch, they're standing there and she goes, well, or something like that. And he gestures and she does the little showboaty thing. And she walks through the window and he walks through the doorway and then she does her civil laugh and he's kind of chuckling and they're laughing that everything is, you know, dismantled and there's lots of lights and makeup tables. That's all they have back there. That's all they have. I guess everything else would be like packed away and like palm trees, (laughs) lights and palm trees and makeup tables and dumpsters. (laughs) Yeah. Now this is the part that confuses me. Yeah. You know, in the episode... Is it season at the end of season, the start of season five where they do the big dance number? Yeah. Is that season five? Another season, another no, shot. That is so good. I love that. I think that is season five. Maddie is pregnant. A womb, a womb with a view. Yeah, that's season five. Okay. So in that episode, they walk out of Blue Moon. And they end up in this big area where they're doing the dance number, but it can't be where they're walking out right now because that's too small unless we're not seeing something. I don't think we're seeing all of it. Yeah, probably. It expands to the left quite a bit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just thought I'd mention that. But it is amazing just what a big space it is. Yes. You know, I'm sure Blue Moon was just a little tiny corner of this huge space, you know? Yes. So we get a quite a wide shot from outside of Studio 20 and we see Sybil and Bruce, Maddie and David, whatever, walking out. Bruce kind of turns around and looks back at Studio 20 and they're just kind of walking out together, taking a moment, taking their time. Can I just say how gorgeous Sybil looks in this scene? 
I love the scene. I love the, the, scene the lighting the on her is great too. And it's the way that she uses her eyes. She's so good at doing that whole like looking, blinking and looking down and looking back up kind of thing. She does like yeah. this real gesture. She uses that a lot. It's used for like flirtation or sometimes sadness or some emotion or whatever. She does. She looks gorgeous. They look like very um, schoolboy and schoolgirl. It's almost like Greece or something. It's like they're going away for the summer when I won't yeah. see you till after the yeah. holidays. They're kind of acting a little shy, a little bit like, well, well, so, 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 well, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's just repeating everything he says. She's being really like kind of coy and shy and he's being a little bit like, hey, Maddie, no, it'll keep, definitely. Mm. But then she says, okay. okay. So she's really wanting him to say what he's what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. She's very disappointed that he's not saying what he wants to say. <laughs> They're both kind of like looking down, dimples are shining out of their cheeks. <laughs> it is such this like little, like kind of like mm-hmm. exciting little shy moment. Oh, here we are, you know. You always feel like there's lots of opportunities for something to happen. And then you come to the end of the season, it's like, well, nothing has happened. And, you know, and then it's like, oh, now we're going away for the summer. And yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, mm-hmm. I guess it'll keep to the fall. We'll have another opportunity then kind of thing. So they're letting us yeah. know there's another season coming. So that's good. Good news. And of course, you know, they always have to tease us and leave us wanting more. But what was he going to say to her? If he was going to say something, what would he have said? <laughs> hey, Maddie. Mm-hmm. David. No, never mind. Maybe you wanted to catch up with her during the holidays. Maybe he wants to take her on a date. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows? But anyway, really cute looks and really cute little glances and Sybil using her eyes and him like, yeah, holding up his shoulders and looking at her all coy and giddy. Yeah, they're like two like school kids, right? Like that have a crush. Yeah. That's what they're acting like, kind of kicking their feet and looking down and looking back up and smiling and their dimples are just so, they're just so gorgeous. <laughs> it's just like, God. They both look really good in this in this scene. Really good. Yeah, they do. So cute. And then the little wave goodbye. And <laughs> Bruce his on. Yeah, Bruce's wave is a classic vision. Have you ever yeah. seen any montages? <laughs> yeah, they get in their real cars just to blur the lines a little bit more, and they drive off in opposite directions. Did you notice the rainbow that's painted on the ground? No. There's a rainbow? No. Okay. Oh. I just wonder what that is. Oh, I've watched it over and over and over thinking, oh, my God, look at all the grease stains in the car park. (laughs) But I didn't notice the rainbow. There's, like, rainbow stripes on the ground. It's almost like it would lead you somewhere, maybe, or something. Yeah, kind of funny. Oh, I see. So it's all color-coded to lead you where you want to go, like a hospital. Is that what you're saying? Uh, You have to look at it. It's like a rainbow. All right, I'll look at it. Anyway, yeah, there we go, Camille. And that's how we end. Season two. But no hugs or kisses, nothing. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, it's not next year for you guys. You guys end a season mid-year, yeah? Is that right? Yeah, at that time. Things are yeah. different now, but yeah. Oh, okay. It would be like May to like August or September, like when school was starting back up again. That's when the new shows came back and we'd have the summer repeats. So Camille. So? So? Have a nice summer. Have a nice summer. 
Well. Well. Hey, Maddie. David. What? Nah, never mind. It'll keep till the fall. Oh, well. If you think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, definitely. It'll keep till the fall. Okay. An episode that smashed the fourth wall to smithereens. <laughs> yes. Sure did. Yeah, it's just that it had a different type of twist and plot to it. Um, there were lots of guest stars in this episode. Slower dialogue between the guest stars, obviously. But we had enough Maddie and David time spread out between the episode. But we had a lot of outdoor scenes, such as Camille getting away, running into the senator, driving around the fox lot. Yeah, some great locations, and Agnes gets one and a half rhymes. And for once, David gets it wrong, hiring the wrong person. A great use of the songs used. I think there was a lot of thought put into the songs that they used for this episode too. Oh, yeah, lots of music. I would say, hey, you know what? It's a good episode. It's a fun episode. There's lots to like. Yeah. But this is the only thing I don't like about this episode. Mm -hmm. I don't like it as a finale. I don't like it as the final mm. episode of season two. Like when's the last time? Okay, so witness, they kissed. We haven't really had anything moving the relationship forward. Or he, you know, she invited him to the wedding. But they didn't go funeral for a doornail. I don't know. We get this little bit at the end, you know, kind of hinting at their relationship. But I wish there were one more episode for the season. This would be a good, like, to round out season two. Mm -hmm. This would be a good pre-episode before the finale. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, because this episode doesn't continue on their relationship in any way. Yeah. It's not even part of the episode. Until the um, end. Until Maybe. the end. But Until even then, it's like, because I've actually written here, good ending, not sure. Yeah, it is like they didn't have an ending and they just, you know, I just think that, hey, they were short. We know that. They were short episodes. They were supposed to have 22 we were supposed to have more episodes. Yeah. So this wasn't the ending that we deserved for a season two. They needed one more episode after this. One They're more happy. episode after this would have been yeah. great. Yeah. I'm happy with Camille. I like it as an episode. It's fun. What we love about Moonlighting is they're always trying new things. Yeah. And I love that. That's great. And they mix it up and it's never the same show twice. You know, they threw in the titles, the headlines this time and, you know, broke it up into chapters and really broke the fourth wall more than ever and blurred the lines even more between Sybil and Bruce and all of that. And as I've said before, that's like a lot of why I think we still love this show so much because it was so close to like what was happening in real life and everything. Right. Yeah. But season two needed one more episode, yeah. a proper finale. 
that moved their relationship forward a little bit more mm-hmm. that kind of circled back to like what happened in witness in witness yeah things like that yeah because i've just sort of left it open just too many things are left kind of hanging in unanswered needed one more episode that's all just I, that's how all the saying. network wanted it no they didn't they wanted more episodes that's just no how yeah i know but i'm saying they didn't want them together yes i guess i'm not saying they had to be together i'm just saying it should have ended on a more classic moonlighting episode where we had some movement with their relationship i don't know mm. is what it is right because they're standing there and you're expecting something to happen or some for david to say something that we want him to say or maddie it just wasn't meant to be. They didn't have to say anything. We should have had a second kiss. We needed more kisses. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I definitely need. I don't more know kisses. exactly what I wanted, but it leaves you not totally satisfied. This ending mm. that where you have guest stars, where you have chapters, where you're breaking the fourth wall. You know what I mean? It's just like mm. it just doesn't finish the season for me. Yeah, there's something missing. Yeah, there's something missing. That's my thought. Hmm. Okay, well, it'd be interesting to see what our moonlighting community thinks about that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of this as a finale episode? All right. I know people have lots of views on this episode in general, but what do you think of it as a finale? But I'll tell you what, it was a great effort. 18 episodes. That's the most they ever did. Yeah. True. We've got what we've got, you know. It was an episode with a groom dying before his wedding, a crooked policeman on the chase, a con woman on the run. Camille saves the senator. Camille gets the key to the city. Camille gets a suite. David offers Camille a job. Camille dresses like Maddie. A gas leak. Maddie and David get road. A wedding license, a detective license, and a beautician's license. David fires a hairdryer. Maddie, David, and Cass drive around Fox Studios. Maddie and David run over Billy Barty. Hugs and goodbyes. And the final scene between Maddie and David for season two. Excellent. I like your recaps. It's now time for Moonlight Mail. All right. We've got an email um, that relates to this episode from our faithful viewer, Danielle. Her email title is, Why Camille is Cool. Hi, ladies. So here's the thing. I kept meaning to send an email to you before you recorded Camille because I know everybody hates this episode. I wanted to play devil's advocate. It's literally in my top 10. And there is a bunch of reasons why. I do want to say, though, I know why you guys hate it. Which we don't hate it, do we, Grace? No, we don't hate it, no. No, not at all. You're right. It does not forward Maddie and David's relationship at all. Okay, well, we, she's reading our minds. We did just <laughs> <laughs> What a woman. <laughs> she's inside our heads. And stunt casting would be in Judd. All right, we talked about that too. <laughs> Can That's be right. annoying. Yep. And yeah, not the best choice for a season finale. Okay, Danielle, you're with us here. But why it's awesome. It's madcap. The episode is outlined with headings, yes. Even the headings are one-liners. It's quick, witty, classic moonlighting. Also great music. Yes, we did talk about that. They both look stunning in this episode. Maddie looks gorgeous. Yes, we definitely mentioned that quite a few times. Agree. The white outfit she matches with Whoopi's is a favorite. Her hair is big, but she looks great. David is trying. He gives a shit about his job in this episode. He takes a pay cut to hire Camille. What growth? Yes. What other TV show on the planet could end this way? Glenn and the gang truly could not come up with an ending for the story. So they just said, fuck it. Let's run around like idiots for seven minutes and it's okay. We're moonlighting and we can respect. True. I truly feel like this episode is a love letter to viewers in a way. 
The whole thing is one big inside joke. It's crazy and madcap and forever a go-to for me if I need a straight up laugh. It's also a nice palate cleaner if you're torturing yourself spending time in season five. <laughs> That's all. I've said my piece. Love you, ladies. Danielle. Very cool. That's why Danielle is cool. Yes. Thanks, Danielle, for that. Yes, it is probably not a top-rated fan favorite, I wouldn't think. But now that we've really analyzed it and I've watched it over and over in the last two weeks, oh, my God, I'm all camilled out, to be honest. But it is a very good episode, very well done, and she's right, very madcap. Just something different for the end of the season, a bit of fun, a bit of frolic, you know. Yep, fun yes. and frolic. <laughs> So thanks for your email, Danielle. Thanks, Danielle. Great to hear from you anytime. All right. We'll keep those cards and letters coming, folks. And (laughs) (laughs) is this episode in your top 10, Shauna? Uh, No, it's not. Nope. Sorry. It's okay, but it has its merits, but it's not my top 10. Don't like it as a season finale. How about you? Is it in your top 10, Grace? No, it's not in my top 10, but. It's actually higher on my list than it was after I've analyzed this episode. Yes, I agree. I like it more than I thought um, I did as well. Never really thought about it one way or another, to tell you the truth, before it's just with Camille, it's just an episode. But yes, yeah, now that yeah. we analyze it a little bit further, yes, I agree. It is a better episode than I thought. I still maintain I don't like it as the final episode of the season. That's my view. And I think we still get enough Maddie and David in it as well. Yeah. And they're gorgeous. They're looking gorgeous in it for sure. Okay. Let's do some moonlighting stats, Shauna. All right. Did you count the door slams? No. No, that's my job. Okay. So I got three door slams for this episode and outfit changes, I got seven. What did you get? I got seven. Yep. I've got... The purple outfit is the first one and, you know, they're wearing that. And then, they, yeah, they go to see Camille when she's wearing that. And then number two outfit is a cream suit. That's when when Camille comes in and they're clapping for her. Outfit three is a pink suit. And that is when, can I see you in my office? That's when she gives yep. him the flowchart. Yep. And then a yellow suit when she comes in from getting the license. Then she has a peach suit during the gas leak scene. And then she has a white suit when uh, she wants David to walk her down to the garage. And then she has a gray dress for the end. Correct. And we had 1.5 rhymes from Agnes yep. and one feet out of the elevator. We won't count Camille. Sorry, Whoopi. The accumulated stats so far for season one and season two. Drum roll, please. Horrible drum roll. That is the worst drum roll I've ever heard, Shauna. (laughs) Now, because we had 1.5 rhymes from Agnes, we are now up to. Did you hear that? I did a Shauna. (laughs) You did? Hold on, let me. Thank you for that drum roll, Shauna. That was lovely. We have a total of 17 rhymes from Agnes. Wow. Evened out number. Fantastic. We have a total of 12 feet out of the elevator. Wow. And a grand total. Are you sitting down, everyone? 
a grand total of 87 door slams for season one and season two. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's in about 25 episodes. We had 87 door slams. 87 door slams. Go buy a door slam, everyone. Yeah. One door slam for all two seasons. (laughs) (laughs) We've done season one and season two. We've just had a great time, haven't we, Shauna, so far? We've had a lot of great support from our Moonlighting fans, and we want to thank all our interviewees that have come on to the show. We really appreciate their time coming on. Glenn Gordon-Karen, Scott Ryan, Diana Mayoko, and, of course, Jay Daniel. We've only been doing this just over a year, and we're really happy that we were able to interview these people who had a lot of insight into the show. Yes, thank you, everyone. Yeah, but I also want to take this opportunity to thank you, Shauna, because you have been the best co-host ever (laughs) to co-host Moonlighting together. You know, we've been a great team and I'm so glad all the planets aligned to bring us together to host this show. So thank you to you, my darling. It's been wonderful. Yes. Uh, Yes, it's been great. It's been a great partnership, Grace. So happy we found each other. Definitely kismet. What you're seeking is seeking you. That's what they say. We are living proof of that because we were both looking to do a podcast. We were both looking for partners and co-hosts. And somehow when we found each other, being in two different countries and yeah. We weren't really sure where it was going to take us. Um, We weren't sure what the future held, whether we were going to be able to get people to come on to be interviewed. It just worked out. The universe worked in our favor. We've focused on the podcast a lot. We've done a lot of work in the background to bring it all together and bring it out to you guys. Mm -hmm. We hope that everybody's enjoying it. And thank you all so much for your emails to fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. Please keep those (laughs) cards and letters coming, folks, like Shauna just said. And also thank you for the donations you've made that really assist with the ongoing costs of producing the podcast. Yes, and we're expanding our team. We're going to have a new look for January. So new merchandise with new designs, new look, and a new team member who we'll introduce soon. Yes, we're going to have a whole new look next year. Uh, We've got a new member of our team that's come on to give us some assistance with our brand and marketing. We're really looking forward to that. So you'll have more options and images to purchase on our merchandise website. And we've got lots of surprises and things happening in 2023. So we're working on that for you guys. Can't wait to do more. Can't wait for season three. What a great season coming up. I know. We're talking about it. So exciting. Yeah, looking forward to all of it. So we hope all our listeners have a wonderful Christmas and a new year. And I hope Santa spoils you and you get lots of gifts and all the gifts you want. Yes, happy holidays, everyone. And we will see you in 2023. Grace, it's been a ton of fun. Can't wait to continue in 2023. And thank you to all our listeners and all of our guests and more to come in the new year. See you next year. See you then. Bye-bye. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting the Podcast. Podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.